You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. This is Andre Ebron, the founder and the host of the Drawing Board Podcast, where we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. Uh, my A1 since day one, Kate is not here tonight, but we do have uh, one of the co-owners of Podcast Detroit. Dave is in the house. What's going on, Dave? Just another day of fun. <laughs> All right, good deal. Still super tired from Motor City Comic Con. Oh, yeah, so shout out to everybody who went to Motor City Comic Con. I know you guys had tons of fun. I saw all of the pictures, and uh, everybody was fully garbed, you know, as their favorite character. So uh, shout out to everybody who went down there. And, Dave, I always share with them on my podcast, I said, if you have an idea that you want to share or if you believe that you have some profound wisdom or insight or want to just have some fun, that Podcast Detroit is an awesome place to launch a podcast. We try. Um, I mean, that's one of the reasons why, like, and we just did this at Motor City, too. Um, you know, that's why we do the first Saturday of every month. We do the free podcast. Oh, you know what? I think I have- My mic muted. Um, that's why we do the first Saturday of every month. We do the free podcast day thing. Uh, you know, let people come in and kick the tires and see if it's something they're actually into or not. Uh, yeah, it, it's been fun. We do a lot of uh, conferences, a lot of events. We speak at a lot of panels um, about, you know, and it's funny, it, it, people always laugh, but the first thing we always say is you don't need us to start podcasting. I mean, you can go out and buy a mic and do it with, you know, a laptop and free software and off you go. You can do it with your phone. You can do whatever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just, you know, try to make sure people's expectations get set properly. I mean, everybody thinks they're going to be immediately the next Joe Rogan and, you know, start just, you know, rolling around in bags of money. And, Absolutely. Hey. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. I've had an awesome time and experience with Podcast Detroit. And, uh, my, yeah, my viewers and uh, listeners have also had an awesome time. So I uh, just want to say continue the great work. And I always share. Uh, I, it's a new word. I know you may not have been to the show, but I tell people, I say, if you're looking for Podcast Detroit, they're on Facebook, Instagram. Mm-hmm. I said, when it all comes down to it, Podcast Detroit is Googleable. <laughs> we are. All right. All right. So uh, if you want to uh, start a podcast and what I'm what I'm interested in, I've had about two people start podcasts cool. uh, being inspired either as a guest on the show or, uh, you know, getting a chance to see yeah. my show and like, hey, I have some ideas that I'd like to share. And I just encourage them to do that uh, because literally it's just making the decision. I hit you up on Facebook yep. uh, and uh, I messaged you. And you were like, yeah, no problem. Come in X, Y, and Z. And I had just put a launch date out there and was like, man, I hope this day is over. <laughs> Well, honestly, that's that's one of the reasons why we we tend to try to get people to come into the studio. I mean, you know, if somebody is, you know, shooting us an email or giving us a phone call and, you know, they're, all they want to know is about price and that kind of stuff, it, you, you don't get it. Like people don't – until they actually come here and see what we are and, and what we do and kind of get our vibe, then it makes sense. You know, and because, and, I mean, yeah. we are. I mean, we're – there aren't places that do what we do. Uh, I mean, there are places that – come close. Uh, there are places that do other stuff. Um, but yeah, we try to keep it simple and make it simple for people. And that's all we try to do. Right. I show up every, every Tuesday. Yeah. The only thing that I have to do is have my content ready, have yeah. my guests ready. And, uh, you all say, go, we count down, we play the intro and we're live. Yeah. So, that's, that's all yeah, we ever want people and, to do is worry about their show. Right. And then, uh, you all take care of all of the, you know, placement on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. You make sure that, you know, I'm able to stream live and Facebook. Mm-hmm. 
And so the only thing I have to do is come and have my show. Yeah, what a novel concept. I'm Make it easy you, just, for people. Yeah, just show up. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, but thanks, Dave. Tonight's, tonight's podcast is amazing. Yes, we have uh, my beautiful wife, Shalisa Ebron, the love of my life. I always like to say the feminine expression of my masculinity. Wow. She is uh, <laughs> the apple of my eye. She gives a lot of substance and meaning to why I do what I do. Uh, if I ever think or have any doubt about uh, something that I'm tackling, I know that uh, she, I always have her vote of confidence, even if sometimes it comes in a redirecting thought. <laughs> but I, I have been, uh, a week from today, Shalisa, we will celebrate 15 years of marital bliss. That is true. Yes. So 15 years. What in, in our 15 years, what is, like just off your off your head, what is one of the most memorable moments out of these fifteen years of marriage? Hmm. Fifteen years of marriage. The most memorable moment. <sighs> I know I, I make it hard for you. I yes, know. No, I'm joking. <laughs> it's not one of the prep questions. But right. Honestly. Um, I would say the most uh well, I don't think there's like one outstanding memorable moment. But I think my favorite moments are the moments where we um, are just around. It's just us. We're having fun, cracking jokes uh, as we do. And um, I think like those one-on-one moments, We since we had children, we don't get to spend a lot of time together one-on-one. So, except for date night Tuesdays. Date night Tuesdays, shout out. But um, I would say it's just any time where we are, like, being silly or, you know, just having fun one-on-one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we can have fun with each other just riding in the car, uh, cracking jokes. And, uh, you know, we we learned, we grew to learn that when life gets serious, uh, you have to learn how not to. Right. Uh, you know, if you take it too serious, especially when— Life circumstances tend to get serious. You you have to be able to enjoy the other person's, you know, company just in watching TV or I'm sitting there watching one of those uh, DIY shows, House Hunters, all those shows that you like. Yeah. And then now I've learned to appreciate and we sit there and watch. I did not like the house shows initially. I did not care for them. Don't hate on HGTV. Yeah, listen, I did I not. I was like, why are we sitting here watching this? Like, this makes no sense. I'm watching somebody rehab a house like this. I could be watching something different or doing something different. And, you know, being that we don't watch that much TV. Mm-hmm. And so then when I get home, you're watching HGTV, which look like projects for me. Wow. Yeah. Is that what you see it as? That, that's, that's, what I, yeah, that's what I initially Not saw it yet, as. But it will be. No, no. Nah, no, we will have to hire. Listen, if you do constru- construction work or... Homework, that is not my forte. Listen, I'll change the light bulbs, fix the little things like that. But I am always about hiring the expert. Who's the <laughs> expert? And the main reason I want to hire the expert is because I'll have somebody to hold accountable if it doesn't work. <laughs> because right. if I do it and it breaks, the only thing that I'll have is Shalisa telling me about something that I need to fix. So I always like to hire the experts. Yep. I like that, too. Yeah, me too. So all the experts, home builders, things like that, Shalisa's going to be contacting you, right? (laughs) 
and we want the best deal. Make sure we have the best deal. Right. But here, one of my my favorite my my favorite moments are uh, when we're traveling, and you know you're gazing out the right side of the car, and I'm like, hey, and you you're enjoying your silence, and that's mm-hmm. that's what's funny because when we when we first started dating. We thought we were so much alike. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man, we're so much alike. We have so much in common. And the more and more we were around each other, we realized that we were not alike, but that our differences were compliments. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a talker, clearly. Yes. And you can be a talker. You know, can. you can be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you enjoy listening more. Mm-hmm. And at times we had to, you know, learn and navigate that. Because when I was talking or whatever, and I was like, what do you think about this? Because I'm always vision casting with you, right? Yes. Now, think about now for all of those people who are listening, like, you know, I want I want a man who has a vision. And he's like, could you imagine being in the car and always somebody's vision casting? <laughs> that is like that is like our relationship. <laughs> like I'll, I'll get inspired by something and I'll just throw it out there like, "Bay, what do you think about this? This is what I see. Boom. And she'll say, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> else, yes. I think, yeah, because uh, I operate by vision, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I would love to hear uh, you contrast the, uh, you know, the, the Andre you first met mm-hmm. um, in contrast to who I have become today mm-hmm. as far as that goes. Like, So I'll share with you all uh, that are tuning in. Uh, when it came to like vision casting, uh, it was really how I was able to make it through some of the toughest times of my life mm-hmm. uh, because I was not I didn't consider the challenge of the moment. I was only moving forward toward the vision that I saw. Mm-hmm. So the vision that I saw uh, was grander and greater uh, than my current challenge, which means my current challenge was so minuscule in the sight of my larger picture. Mm-hmm. And so I used that. God allowed me to use that to be able to press forward, you know, toward that goal, you know. And th- the young Andre that you met, I was 19 years old. Mm-hmm. I like to always say Shalisa is my only adult relationship that I've had. <sighs> I think she, you know, she uh, she she took me. She She's a cougar. I have to tell you, she's a cougar. <laughs> she she robbed the cradle. I was Whatever. a young 19 and she came and took me out the cradle. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. But uh, in all seriousness, let's put let's put that in contrast. Like when mm-hmm. you met me, and well, there, I know there's a lot so that has changed, you know. But uh, when you met me, mm-hmm. and then like how God has processed me and who I have become today, and then vice versa, I'll share the same. Well, first of all, the Andre I met wanted five children. <laughs> Yes, I did. I wanted a whole team, five kids, until. I was against that. Yes. But I told him, I said, oh, I only want two. I want a boy and a girl, and we're done. He's like, no, I want five. Five children. I wanted a big family. So I had to, I, you know how you can tell a person something, but you can show them better than you can tell them. So between the two of us, we have, what, uh, four siblings, and at the the weekend that I chose um, for us to take all of the siblings out on a little weekend uh, where we went uh, bowling, skating, 
out to eat. I think we went to the movies, too. We went to the movies, too. All in one day. So all in one day. Right. Had a day with them. I wanted him to experience full-on five kids. Um, I think our she baby set, sister set me had mm-hmm. and a friend over. A so friend. we had five kids. A friend. So Ooh. I didn't say anything the whole and day. And a minivan. <laughs> and a minivan. Yes. I didn't say anything the whole day. I just let it all play out because I knew once he saw what it was like. And No, let's tell the God's truth. <laughs> when we, when I saw how much it cost. $200, $200 plus dollars. No, it wasn't $200. This was like more like a $600 day. It was not this $600. Was a, I'm telling you, one day, five kids and oh a wife. Oh, my God. I think goodness. I spent nearly $12,000. It was not. $12,000 a day. But it was enough for him to see, yes, I like the idea of two kids. He came back down to my number, number two, and that is exactly how many kids we have today. One boy and one girl. Shout out to Christian and Andre. Christian and Dre. You love y'all. Um, but um, that that was he has he always has big ideas, and I think that uh one of my roles in his life is to uh help him manage all of these uh big ideas and and thoughts. It's very um. It is very interesting. There's always something going on. It is um, when you're married to a to a visionary. He has all of these grand visions, and he has them at all times of the day and all times of the night. <laughs> so, yes, I am definitely the sounding board all the time um, to listen to all of these thoughts and ideas and. I think that I have a lot to do with setting the pace for some of them. Sometimes he gets away from me. He starts putting dates out here, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, Lord, how are we going to do that? I say, and when I, is this going to get done? I don't know. We're going to do it. It's going <sighs> to get done. We're going to so, do it. Sometimes things squeak past me. He puts things out, out past me without, like, running the specific date. The idea will have come past me, but not these dates and timelines that he has placed upon them. But, um... I have enjoyed over the years just watching him grow and change and um, just really, uh, like, turn the corner. Like, he still, nothing has changed as far as his big uh, visions and hopes and dreams. All of that has remained and continued. But, like I said, it's the pacing of things. And he um, always considers his family first and and is very... um, Conscious of uh, how it's going to affect us, you know. I'm I'm going to do this. How long am I going to be away from the house? How much time is this going to take away from me being with the kids? So, um, all things that I appreciate, but not not something that he had to consider or was even thinking about. You know, in the beginning stages, like, listen, I need to get to this goal, and it's going to bless the family. So that's all we need to worry about. Let Help me knock down these goals. <laughs> so uh, he doesn't think that way anymore. Uh, I think that's, like, one of the biggest changes. It's like, okay, we don't get all of these moments in time back. You know, success is going to be out there forever. And actually, my true success is that... Um, my children are have all of the love and time that they need and deserve that I built this strong relationship with my wife. So I think that will be like the biggest change. Like um, you switch from like being more um, like family minded um, and not so like goal, goal oriented, oriented that you don't mm-hmm. see anything else is like blinders. 
Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, I didn't have a specific model to follow. And so one of the things that I knew coming from, you know, a single parent household and a mom who was struggling and working two jobs and three jobs, I knew that was not the model that I was going to follow. Right. And I knew uh, and sometimes in a lot of moments you'll have more potential in the moment than you do opportunity. And I just didn't believe in closed doors. You know, mm-hmm. I believe that if something that I want to do, and I still believe that to this day, uh, my method by by to achieve that is very different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just didn't believe in closed doors. So if somebody told me, no, I was knocking down doors, kicking down doors. Yes. If there was somebody in front of the door, I'd kick you out. No, <laughs> no seriously. But uh, no, and, and that kind of drive... Um, you know, the Holy Spirit checked me on that, uh, something that I carry with me all the time now. Uh, the Holy Spirit, he said to me, he said, don't be so driven that you can't be led. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a spirit led life and allow the Holy Ghost to navigate you. And you won't have the, the terrain won't be so coarse. Right. You won't have to go through so much when you're allowing God to lead you. Before it was, you know, I had my five year plan, my 10 year yes. plan, my 15 year plan, my 20 year plan. And these were not just objectional goals. These weren't just hopes. Mm-hmm. Like, no, this was going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. there was no other way around it. Like, this is what I'm doing. I'm forging ahead. This is the goal. And I think what also allowed me to do that, though, it was your response and your position in life. I remember I had just come from a business meeting, and I had been gone all day. This is before we had kids. And you were sitting on the couch, that floral couch that we had. Yes. That It was a couch bed, you know, mm-hmm. so— you were sitting on the couch and watching TV. I don't know. It might have been an HGTV then, too. I don't know. But uh, but you sat on the, and you said in your, your quiet little voice. And, you know, you have such a, a meek disposition. But meekness is not weakness, just strength under perfect control. And you said to me, and I, I felt the gravity of that statement. You said, I did not get married to stay at home by myself. And you didn't say anything else after that. And I took that and I pulled out my little spreadsheet. You remember? (laughs) I pulled out my spreadsheet, a little my sheet where all the budget was. And I said, okay, now if I stay home, Mm -hmm. you know, this will, you know, Mm -hmm. as long as you can do without this, Mm -hmm. you said, and this is what you said to me and I'll never forget. You said, I don't care nothing about that money. You was like, I want my husband home. Mm -hmm. And I I felt like, I said, this is crazy, you know? (laughs) I said we have we have goals to reach. We we trying to we trying to get ahead. And she just said she don't care anything about this money. I, and I think that I because of my my history, I couldn't hear you saying that you wanted me home. Like mm-hmm. I've, it was difficult to hear you say that you wanted like you wanted my presence mm-hmm. um, over you know me trying to provide what I felt was a better life. Like you were enjoying that moment. And enjoying the life that we had. Mm-hmm. And I think that to all the brothers who are listening or to everybody who is listening, uh, sometimes, you know, who you're married to can be enjoying the life that you have, but you can't enjoy the life that you have with them because you're always reaching for more. Like you're not considering the present moment and how, you know, you're trying to do for your wife or for your spouse in a way that really all they want is you. Mm-hmm. And that was that was a shift for me, you know, mm-hmm. and when I didn't when I didn't have that model, I had to grow into that knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I think that when I when I came along in your life, like I thought you were super brave, like to go and get ready to you had already completed three years. 
of um, some MIS work, right? Mm-hmm. Or computer information computer. system. Yeah, CIS. Yeah, CIS. Mm-hmm. And you had you had completed three years and you had one more year to get your degree mm-hmm. and you felt the Lord calling you to education. Well, I, and, I knew that was it from the beginning, but mm-hmm. I was trying to go the money route. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody trying to trying to take that money route. I'm coming out with a song next week, y'all. Trying to take that money route. No. Hey. Everything no, I'm joking. It is a song. I feel <laughs> no, it. I feel it. You better follow the Lord. What? No, I'm joking. But, um, no, this is what she deals with on a daily basis. Yes. But um, you're trying to take the money route mm-hmm. with the CIS, which was huge because at that time, you know, coding was budding at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody had, you know, they were learning coding. And you were all, you were always technologically savvy. Like mm-hmm. you, you did that. It just came naturally. Mm-hmm. Right. So you tried to take the money route. Mm-hmm. But then you felt the Lord call you to well you knew it was education but was. you finally obeyed his instruction right yes but then you that mean that required you to start all the way over pretty much yeah <laughs> and so that's how we ended up meeting mm-hmm. because you were in your junior year mm-hmm. or your second junior year mm-hmm. and i was in my junior year and so i was 19 mm-hmm. and you were how was I? 24 24 and of course i don't even you know i'm not gonna throw your age out there uh, but I didn't believe you. No. Me. I did not believe you. I was like. I said how old I was. You were like, no, you're not. Right. I was like, no, you, no you're no, you not. Why would I lie? I definitely am. <laughs> right. And I was like, no. I was like, show me your ID. Show yes. me Show me like, your ID. What? Why am I being carded right now? Right. Show me your ID. So then she showed me her ID. And I was like, oh, okay. Get your game up, Dre. You got to get ready to get <laughs> it up. Skirt. You got a little skirt. Little skirt. Got shook. Got a, no, I don't know about shook. It was, it was shook. A, no, I was not shook. No, like, I was. Oh, I was. No. Listen, she's listen. out of my league. I was a little nervous, just a little bit, <laughs> a little nervous. You know, nineteen and twenty-four. You know, at that time, shoot, I didn't have, I didn't have a car. Nope. I I was just a a junior working on campus. I think I was a yeah. I was the president of the black the yeah black student union mm-hmm. at the time. I was busy with work. I think I was in. Was I interning yet? Uh, no, but no? You, you were a um, RA. Oh, yeah. Time. I was a resident assistant. So I had my own, you know, everything, my own hookup. Mm-hmm. And so then when we, I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah. So then I promised you, though, mm-hmm. uh, when we were dating. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't very, it was short after that that I actually got a vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. About a, my buddy, year, less than a year later. Yeah, about six, what, six months, six, seven months. Something like that. Yeah, either way. So I promised you, I said, as soon as I get my vehicle, I will be coming to see you. You said that. And as soon as I got that vehicle, Mm -hmm. I was at Spring Arbor like at least a couple times a week. That's true. I was there so much that people thought I actually went to Spring Arbor. That's true. And DH uh, tried to recruit me. Yeah. He said, if you weren't in your junior year, <laughs> I'd try to get you to come to Spring Arbor. Mm-hmm. I was down on Spring Arbor's campus uh, conducting a Blue Butter Cafe oh, yeah. when Shantae went out of town. Yep. And so I am at a whole different college. We were all out of town. You were at, you were there. Remember, oh, yeah. we were going on a uh, mic up trip. Oh, yeah. They were on a trip, right? <laughs> this is not even my college. But because I'm up there so much, I am running a whole poetry slam <laughs> in the, what was that? In the uh, Cougar Den. In, Cougar, in the Cougar Den. I'm not even a Spring Arbor student. <laughs> and I'm running a poetry slam because I had uh, one thing we used to do. Remember, I used to do it so a little bit now, but I used to always do that impromptu poetry in the yes. car. I would give all kind of love poems, you know. You know how it is when you're in love. Everything is about love. You know, you 
you you in the car. I look over there at her. I come up with a poem. Maybe I should come up with one right now. No. Don't do it right now? Don't. Do okay, it. I'll do it before, okay. the, before the end of the show. Before the end of the show. No. Nope. But this is what 15 years affords you. It affords you the opportunity to reflect on, like, the pattern that God creates within your relationship. Mm-hmm. And what I love is that uh, when I met you, uh, it was not, we both were in a place where it wasn't about pursuing just a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. Like we were, you were waiting for your husband to find you. That's right. Me. Okay. And you were waiting <laughs> and, and I was looking for my wife, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and it wasn't like I was just an active pursuit. I was trusting God, developing who I was, getting ready for my future. Mm-hmm. And it was a prophetic word that I would find my wife while in college. Mm-hmm. Well, I went freshman year and I looked around Tri-State. I said, oh, Lord, this must not be it. Mm-mm. <laughs> no, mm-mm. no, sir. And then sophomore year came. I said, Lord, I hope I know this word had to be right, but it cannot be, you know, anybody that I'm looking at right now, mm-hmm. not to be shallow or anything like that. But I just know, listen, and, and you know, you can write me about this, whatever you want to say. <laughs> but I just don't believe that the Lord would put me in a position to not be with someone that I'm not first physically attracted to. Mm-hmm. You know, for all of you all who are deep and spiritual, who will say, you know, it was their personality. I looked over their physicality. I just not I'm still not there. I just was not there. No, I wanted my wife. I had I wanted I had this picture. I wanted my wife to be fine. I even, you know, wanted her to be curvaceous. All all of those good things we're talking about for a lifetime, ladies and gentlemen. You cannot be with somebody you roll over and look and you just look at them each day and say, "Oh, I appreciate your personality." No. Oh no, you have God. to be able to like you have to Hey, listen. They have to be oh attractive. All right? And and what made you more beautiful to me was your personality, was your love for God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, my initial contact with you was because you were planning Tai Chi's birthday party. This is true. And I got a chance to talk to you and got a chance to, we were on uh, Instant Messenger, AOL mm-hmm. Instant Messenger, yes. right? And yes. we were messaging each other back and forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I got a chance to see your personality, you got a chance to hear some of my corniest, you know, I'm talking about oh, my corniest, corniest, <clears throat> corniest, corniest. Yeah, I got a chance to really just be myself around you. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I thought was super dope. Mm-hmm. And uh, from that point, I asked you on a date. That's true. But we were talking for about a month before uh, we actually went on our first date. Mm-hmm. And then we went on a double date with, you know, one of my friends, one of your friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, see, that's how you do it, ladies and gentlemen. When you're going on this first date, you go to a public place. <laughs> There's no reason you should be going to somebody's home on the first for date. On, for <laughs> no for your first date. We don't do steak and wine and <laughs> pasta at the house for the first date. All right. I don't care if they're in the condo or whatever, wherever they live, off the water, off Jefferson, downtown Lafayette. I don't care where they live. All right. You don't go to the house for the first date. So we went on our double date. And you should go with a friend because you never know how the conversation is going to go. Mm-hmm. All right. So go on a double date. And uh, we went uh, to the ground round. 
I yeah. think that's what it was. It, it listen, was called the ground wrong. I'm telling you, you, you know you've been married for a while when the restaurants that you went to don't even exist anymore. <laughs> all right? This is this is interesting to me, you know. So we go, we have a good meal, and I remember there was an older couple coming in as we were leaving. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? What did they say? It was the older lady because I had opened the door for you. And you were holding my arm, and she said, oh, he's a keeper. Yes, she did say that. I remember that. Yeah, Yeah. she was prophesying. She was speaking (laughs) life. Yes, she was. She knew. See, listen, they called the older woman because she wise. You know, you got to listen to the wisdom of that older lady. Look look how God, I'm telling you. (laughs) All right, I'm getting that look. That's that 15-year look. So (laughs) then we go bowling, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know. Go bowling, and uh, we have a lot of fun. We have great fun, and I decide that night in my heart, mm-hmm. I was like, yo, I think I love her, you know? Mm-hmm. I felt like I was like new addition. I think I love her, you know? <laughs> and so then, so so I was like, yo, I can't tell her that uh, I love her on the first date, even though we've been talking for a month. I was like, I I love her. And so I was like, well— that's pretty strong. I won't use that. I'll use appreciates. Like that's that's safe. That's safe, right? Like that goes either way. I can appreciate what you've done. I can appreciate who you are. Like you can't wiggle out of love. I love you. What do you mean by that? No. I appreciate you. See, it deserves some explanation. So I go ahead and I throw this up on the screen. Pow. At the bowling alley. At the bowling alley. On the score screen. On the score screen. Yes. And it's supposed to say, Andre appreciates you very much, Shalisa. But what it says is... Andy. Andy appreciates you. Who is Andy? So so I'm trying to figure out who Andy is. I mean, listen, the bowling attendant, first of all, shout out to who... I can't remember who you were. If you're listening, thank you for all your help. But the bowling attendant spelled my name Andy. That really messes up your game there, right? This, This grand gesture... Of words on the screen, and it's the wrong name. Andy. So, so I think I took a picture of it. Yeah, did. you did. We have a picture of it to this day. So thank God there were no Andys in the building, or right. Andy and I might have had to have, you know, we would have had to fight it out. Andy's day would have been like, oh, my gosh, he's amazing. Yeah, I don't know, but it had your name on it. Oh, so Andy, yeah, Andy so, might have been yeah, in trouble. Yeah, Andy might have been in trouble. <laughs> Andy, who's Shalisa? Trying to figure this out. Right. Right. So, um, and then... I get down on one knee and everything like I'm proposing marriage or something. Yes. And asked me to be your girlfriend. I did. I did. And I didn't know how to take it because you and your girlfriend ran to the bathroom. I ran. She went in tow of probably because I was like, this is a lot. What is happening here? So then I'm like, is that a yes? Is this a no? <laughs> so me and my homeboy are looking at each other like, <clears throat> yo. I don't know what this really means. <laughs> like, is this going to be a long ride back to Tri-State? <laughs> I don't know. And uh, I asked you to be my girlfriend mm-hmm. uh, because my mother raised me to be a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Uh, make no assumptions about the relationship, but make sure that the that you have clear definition around what it is so that nobody gets hurt in the process, right? Mm-hmm. So I was trying to make sure I had some clarification on right. where we were going, right? Right. So I was like, man, she is short, just like I like. She is shapely, just like I like. She is fine. She has, you know, at that time you had that long hair, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, Lord, you have been through 50 million different hairstyles in these 15 (laughs) years. 
but it's just hair. So mm-hmm. either way it goes, whatever makes you happy, I'm cool with it. Um, and then you come back and with, you know, tearful tears in your eyes, you're like, yes, yes, I will. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I knew I, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, I was just, I because remember, I had been single. Yes. I had been single for three years, like, looking for my wife. So all of my college years, I was celibate, waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my goddad said, you cannot have someone in her place and expect her to come. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to keep the freeway clear, right? Make sure, you know, people were trying to pull up. They were trying to pull up on the freeway. I'm like, no, no, push pause. Uh, because most, what I experienced, I would love for you to, to say something. Most adults or people don't know how to have or don't know how to court or have platonic relationships. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? I do agree with that. Um, yeah, because it, it and I would, I wouldn't say that. I would say that along the way, sometimes, uh, people, uh, one person may catch feelings and the other person may be like, uh, no, we're just cool. Like, what are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it, sometimes it all pops off at the same time and both people are feeling each other after so long, but sometimes not. And then the awkward thing is like, what do you do with that? Your friend, quote unquote, likes you and you don't feel the same about them. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people can't just handle just having a good friend of the opposite sex unless they like grew up with them or something like that. Sometimes that helps. Yeah, that's true. And I'm, I'm even talking about like, OK, we're past the whole like friend stage so i'm not talking about getting to know someone Mm -hmm. because at that point i had enough friends like you know i Mm -hmm. I wasn't looking for another friend i was looking for a wife but i felt that we had to get to know each other as friends Mm -hmm. in order to take it a further step right Mm -hmm. so that's what i'm saying like what i found is that um prior to meeting you there were not too many people who came into the relationship where they couldn't manipulate the idea of sex or sexuality, mm-hmm. uh, they didn't have much more to offer. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, okay, if I can't manipulate this person with sex, then how do I get them to like me? Right. And when they realized that they had to share who they were, you know, remember when I met, I said, the greatest thing you can ever give me is what? It's me. It's you. Mm-hmm. Because that is the thing that, that was unique from everybody else. Like, the the physicality, the all of those other kind of things, like man, it, there are millions of people on this earth, mm-hmm. but the only thing that we can give each other that another person could not mm-hmm. is ourselves. Mm-hmm. What we thought, how we felt, what we believed, how we love, you know, those things that were unique uh, to us. Mm-hmm. And so that was the the thing that most people, and it was the way God saw fit. Because I mean, you know, hey, it's only one Shalisa in in the whole world. Hey. So hey, in the universe. In the universe, watch out. So now we, I fast forward to, uh, I'm driving to Detroit for my first time. Mm-hmm. I'm coming to see you mm-hmm. and I'm on the freeway. Little do you know, this is my second time uh, as an adult driving on the freeway, like out of town by myself. <laughs> so the first time I'm driving to Cleveland, well, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Cincinnati. I had some work and I had some things to do in Cincinnati. So mm-hmm. 
I drive all the way from Fort Wayne, Indiana to it's either Cleveland or Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And that was the, listen, the scariest trip in the entire world <laughs> because I didn't have a cell phone. Oh, right? No. Yeah. I didn't have a cell phone. Did you have a map? I didn't have a map. Oh, my God. I had, pr- I had printed out a map quest. Oh, boy. Okay. So mm-hmm. for those of you, I'm really dating myself now. We used to print out MapQuest, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, this fog drops, and I'm in my 88 Cadillac Sedan DeVille, okay? <laughs> that needs shocks and everything else. This is, I mean, this is bad, but I had an opportunity, and I was like, yo, this is, those are the grand just, I'm going, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, Lord, I can't even see past my hand in this fog. You know, send me something to be able to help me. And all of a sudden, this big semi pulls out, and I can see its lights. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I'm going to follow its lights, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know that might sound crazy to some people, but I'm just like, okay, I'm going to follow the lights. And I'm looking. You can barely see the signs until, like, you're you up on the it. exit, mm-hmm. right? So I get to my destination. But now I'm driving to Detroit. Fast forward. And I'm calling you. Now I have a cell phone. <coughs> And you're like, I live off Cashew. And so I'm like, okay, all right, Cashew. So I'm driving around. You're like, you should be coming up soon. And I'm talking to you. I don't see nothing called Cashew. I'm passing something called K2X. <laughs> so you're like, you're passing K2X. I was like, yeah. I said spell it. I and I was, like, I, I was like, I went past it already. I can't see. Because I don't know anything about coming off on exits, service drives. Like, I'm from, I grew up in Fort Wayne, Indiana, where everything is 15 minutes away. Like, at, at the most. You want to drive from your house to the mall, 15 minutes away. From your house to the bowling alley, it's probably 10 or 12 minutes away. From anywhere you want to go north to south in Fort Wayne, Indiana, you are about 15 minutes away. So I've driven now close to three hours, and I cannot find my exit. Right? So I'm panicking, right? And uh, finally make it to the house. Mm-hmm. And then we take the kids out again. Did we? I think we did. Oh, no, no, no. I come. That's when I had to. Uh, no, we didn't take the kids out that time. Because when we took the kids out uh, to Pizza Hut, that was like the very first, like first on in our relationship. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I was right at the corner yeah, of our at, street. Yeah. I think Brittany might have been five. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Brittany was five. I think Naya was seven. Yeah, they were were super young, and Mm -hmm. now they're mid twenties. Wow, yeah. So, but fifteen years, man, like that is, and like I feel like we're just beginning. Like you know, marriage comes in like there are waves Mm -hmm. of uh, where we are as professionals, where we are as um, you know, just people, where we are in ministry. Like, how important to you was it that you know your husband serve in ministry? No, it was very important because that was what I did. Like, that took up uh, half of everything that I did. I was always um, at church or involved in some type of ministry, um, something, always doing something. And so it was important because it'd be hard to be in a close relationship with someone who doesn't understand a whole 50% or half of your life. Um, something that you do, something that you're dedicated to. So that would have been pretty difficult. So I knew that had to be something uh, that either you supported or participated in. 
And I'm so happy that you took the participatory route because uh, you came and dive right in, got busy with us because uh, our ministry that we're still a part of today, uh, Kano's International Church. Shout out Chief Apostle Dr. Carolee Dixon, the baddest pastor in the land, my pastor, your pastor, the world's pastor, celebrating 45 years of full-time ministry, 35 years of pastoring the same church. My pastor, my mentor, my wife's godmother. Yeah. Shout out, pastor. <laughs> she has a podcast every Tuesday as well mm-hmm. called The Dash Podcast. You need to check it out. I'll put more information uh, in the comments below on this video, uh, but you need to check that podcast out. It's Carol Lee Dixon Ministries, Adding Life to Living. I mean, uh Ever since I've come to the ministry. Yep. But you were saying you were glad that I just jumped right in. Yeah, you jumped right in, got busy. Um, and when when you moved, uh, you even uh, joined the church, which was something that was very important to me um, as well. Um, so it worked out uh, for me. But ministry is a huge part of our life. Like it's in part of every. It's how we, we raise our kids in ministry. We are doing it. All the time. We, we have, we always have something to do concerning ministry. We're busy in ministry. We work for the Lord 24 seven. So absolutely. And here, here's what's funny. When you have an assignment, uh, and it comes to relationships, it can be good. Uh, but if God does not send that person mm-hmm. and they are not aligned with where God is placing you, like I'll give you a short story. So I was headed to Washington, D.C. to go get my Juris Doctorate from Howard University. <laughs> I wanted to go get my law, law degree from Howard. Uh, I was set headed that trajectory, wanted to go ahead and go that route. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thurgood Marshall, my main man, uh, I appreciate his his story. I appreciate uh, what what he meant um, to uh, just to this to this nation, to the fabric of the law profession. Uh, it helped that he was an alpha uh, because I was like, yo, I'm going down them, you know, I'm gonna become an alpha and I'm going to get my law degree. This is where I am going. Right. And so uh, I was just, you know, selling. I was like, well, I'm going to D.C. Shalisa was like, well, no, I'm not moving to D.C. That's initially how you were. Remember, yes. you're like, I'm not moving. I was like, well, you know, we'll get married after I finish my law degree. Right. Mm-hmm. And main thing I was looking at as far as provision, being able to provide for my wife. I was like, yo. I have to make sure that I'm in a position uh, to give her the life that I desire her to have uh, as a provider. That was very important to me, still is very important to me. But this was the ticket to me. Like, yo, I'm going to complete this law degree. I'm going to get this money. And we're going to live happily ever after, right? So I'm sitting there, and she's still saying she's not going to go. She's not going to go. So I'm, we're going to postpone the wedding, all this other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then... Um, you come to me and you're like, you know what? I'll go. And so then I started getting nervous, like, oh, Lord, I'm going to have to provide for her while I'm in school and all this other kind of stuff. So I was just like, oh, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. So then the Lord releases me and tells me, because by this time I had already met Pastor, 
Uh, we had already gone through the you meet my pastor, I'll meet your pastor. Mm-hmm. If your pastor says no, then it's a no. Mm-hmm. If my pastor says no, then it's a no. Mm-hmm. Because I was I was active in ministry and you were active in ministry. Right. And so our pastors were also our godparents. That's right. And but we believed and knew that God's plan for our life, that as our shepherds or as our leaders, that, you know, God would give them the green light on who we were, you know, planning to marry. That's right. So here's another thing. If you have a leader at your at your church or your mentor and you cannot bring whoever you're dating around your mentor, I can guarantee you that's not the one. Is all right? That right. So for for all of my my church goers, if you cannot take your mate to church, if you don't want mother to see who <laughs> who you're dating, if you don't want your pastor to meet them, that's probably not the one. It's not a good sign. Right. So then when you said you would come uh, with me down to D.C., mm-hmm. like, I really went into prayer. So before, I was just, I was operating on my plan. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, I'm going to D.C. I'm going to get this Juris Doctrine and get my law degree. Mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to make this money. Mm-hmm. I'm going, you know, all of these different things. Mm-hmm. And then when you said yes, it caused me to go into prayer mm-hmm. because— I, I took serious my commitment to you and mm-hmm. what I was saying that I would do and be for you. Like I was like, I have to really evaluate, you know, my decision. Right. And so the Lord had released me. It was a Sunday morning. Yes. He released me and said, Andre, move to Michigan, move to Detroit, because there are law schools everywhere. Mm-hmm. And about 15 minutes later, I get a phone call from you. And you're and you when you say hello, I immediately start talking. Mm-hmm. I said, Shalisa, God showed me. He told me that I should move to Michigan. We already have a pastor there. You know, God told me that there are law schools everywhere. Uh-huh. And then what had just been prophesied to you? <laughs> Go ahead, put it out there. Tell the honest to God truth. Uh, I don't remember the details. I remember <laughs> all the details. I remember them. You had just gotten a prophetic word that you were not released from Michigan. That's right. And that if I wasn't moving to Michigan, the Lord would send another. (laughs) And I said, oh, no, I'm coming to Michigan. Hallelujah. All right. And so, uh, but here's the thing. The Lord had already spoke to me. Yeah. And. I don't know how did how did that make you feel in that moment, knowing like before you could even tell me what the Lord had said to you in the service, mm-hmm. or that was prophesied to you, yeah. that God had already spoke to me. Like, what did that do for you? That was confirmation. Like, okay, this is the one you should marry. This is him, hands down. You know, same thing. I spoke to you. I spoke to him. He obeyed. So, um, yeah, it was definitely confirmation. Like, okay. This is it. This is him. And he hears from the Lord for sure, for sure. So. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. that That's interesting. That's an, another interesting dynamic, too, about having a spouse uh, that hears from the Lord mm-hmm. and can lead their family, you know, spiritually that way. Yeah. Um, but what was what was also interesting is that I thought about this. What was this? About a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I thought about how, like, I grew up with. No grandparents. Uh huh. Like my great grandmother, I got a chance to be around her till I was about uh, seven. Okay. And then I prayed that my children would have, you know, the chance to grow up with grandparents. Mm-hmm. And the Lord answered in abundance. 
grandparents. Grandparents. Great grandparents. So, and they are, um, <coughs> for a number, <coughs> excuse me, for a number of years, they were the only grandchildren. They were. Until our beautiful niece came along. Yes. Lele. Lele. Alea. And she's four, turning five. Um, but for a number of years, because our children are 11 and 13, yeah. like they got a chance to enjoy their Gigi, mm-hmm. uh, Grandpa Willie, mm-hmm. uh, your mom and dad, mm-hmm. and my mom and dad. Yep. And this is after my, you know, my dad and I didn't have, you know, a relationship for years. Yeah. And so my kids really pressed the issue. <laughs> They really pressed the issue. They were like, not having that. They said, listen, we want to meet our, our granddad. Mm-hmm. You know, what do we call him? Do we call him granddad? <laughs> do we call him grandpa? Do we call him? I said, well, you can call him, you know, whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. And whatever you all agree upon, he he allows you to call him. Go for it. Yeah. And so, like, that's amazing. It is. You know, how, like, my prayers were answered. Because, and I don't know why it was so conflicting for me. But I remember, like, Grandparents' Day used to be horrible for me at school. Mm-hmm. And uh, my great-aunt, she used to come to my school on Grandparents' Day, which mm-hmm. was my grandmother's sister. But it, it still, it just wasn't the same. Yeah. And so then I took on Teal, you know. Oh, yes. And Teal she, is my. She took you on, too. She did. <laughs> I know. Teal, that's my, that is my, my one, you know. <laughs> and uh, I would go up, and Teal is not a hugging person. But I go up and hug Teal, and, <laughs> and my responsibility is to put her screens in, you know, yeah, put the storm, <laughs> put back the storm doors back up. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just gave me uh, the love that I was missing, the love that I was crying out for. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was grateful for that. Like, you know, uh, it allowed me to switch systems, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, when you come from the upbringing that I come from, and you, you're fighting for a lot of the things that you want mm-hmm. till you come into the place where— you know, doors are being open and you don't have to kick them down. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn how to how to switch systems, you know. You did. Yeah, and, and not everybody that helps you has a motive. That's you know? true. But, yeah. I, you know, but that wasn't my experience. I know. You know, so yeah. I was like, uh, what are they, what is their position? Why are they, why are they trying to, what are they doing? You yeah. know, you're like, oh, they just helping us, baby. I said, no, no, <laughs> uh-uh. no, no, no. Uh-uh. What are, what are their motives? What are, what are they after? You know. Mm-hmm. And then God brings healing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that healing uh, allows you to create positive and healthy relationships. Right. So, man, we have uh, 15 years. You know what else I thought about? What? Uh, especially because you got on this lovely red today. You what? know, I thought about that red van we used to have. Oh, yes. Yes, the lovely red van. Man, listen, that van was, the, I want a van right now. Let me tell you. Uh, We're still young. <laughs> We I'm, are. I need space. Our kids are huge. Yes, and they are. Yes, they yes. have all of this stuff, and their friends are huge. And yes, that's we true. are the ones that told the kids around all the time. So this, this is true. This is true. I need some more space. Okay, I can't, I can't do it. All right. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, everybody that's in agreement with you, stretch your hand. No, I'm joking. We don't. <laughs> we don't need all agreement like that to get a just a, get a new vehicle. But um, you know, uh, we are going to get a new van. I don't know when. Uh, but we will get a new van, and uh, but let's talk about that van. So, at, at it was a blessing for mm-hmm. sure at the time because yes, it was. We didn't we, have a vehicle. We didn't at have all. a vehicle at all. Or a house. <laughs> or a house. Yeah. And so we had gone through a, a huge financial dip. Uh-huh. Um, when I had lost my job, 
And then um, we end up getting the van when I was back working. Yes. And we had one vehicle. We did. And I, we had to get you to work, mm-hmm. get the kids to school, yes. and get me to work. That's right. By 730. It was crazy. By 730. And so like people who may see, you know, see us now mm-hmm. don't know those mornings where we're up crack of dawn, waking the kids up, allowing them to go to sleep in the van, getting them fully dressed, pressing clothes at night, you know, getting lunch, meat and stuff, you know, from mom's house, you know, we're living with mom, getting all of these things uh, together in order to build a life. So, Mm -hmm. like, uh, this is for somebody, a marriage who you might be going through some financial loss at the moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here, here, and I want my wife to share, um, and I'll share from my perspective, Mm -hmm. is that, um, the situation may be horrible at the moment, mm-hmm. but don't take that out on your spouse. Like Please. don't uh, don't allow that stress to for you to target it toward your spouse because you're not going to work. You're not going to go off on your people at work. You're not going to do that. You're not going to go off um, on you know just random people. It seems like you might reserve all of that anger and energy. To the people who love you the most and who deserve it the least. Yes. So, like, don't allow that stress to change the fabric of your interaction with your spouse. Like, yeah, life may be challenging and tough at the moment, but remember that you love them, that you care for them, that sometimes life just happens that way. And the best way to get out of the situation is to unify. What do you think, Beck? Yes, that's the only way that you can make it through. Because you will crack under the pressure if you don't have that support and um from your spouse if you don't if you guys are not on the same page because you feel like you're in it by yourself. <coughs> it is always easier easier to overcome something if you feel like you have a partner, a companion, or someone that's in the fight with you. It's nothing worse than being in a fight alone. So they are not the enemy. They are not against you. They're the same person that has been there from you for day one. So use their support. Use their prayers. Join up. Link up. Go to God in prayer and come on through that thing. Yeah, we did. For for us to, we lost everything in a matter of months mm-hmm. and we gained everything back mm-hmm. in a matter of months. Mm-hmm. It was a, a year. Mm-hmm. And in a year, so we go from no car, no home, um, and in twelve months later, we got we're back two cars in a home, mm-hmm. and it, w- it was the favor of God. It was, and where we didn't have finance, He extended favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the process of that, we had found a home, had moved all of our stuff into this home. <laughs> then the homeowners started talking slick, mm-hmm. and I had and to, yeah, I had to pray. Good. Listen, I had to pray because the old Andre was coming back up, and. Thank God for such a loving wife, um, <laughs> you know, who who I went to go get. I gave my because the, the homeowner I had give we had given our deposit and first month's rent, you know, all of the required, the earnest money, all that kind of stuff. We had done all of that. And there were a few repairs that needed to be done before I moved my family into the home. Now, you talking to, to someone who has gone through. I had I had been on my own since 17. Then. I get a family and go through this huge financial crisis. Mm-hmm. And then we're homeless and without cars. And then God is, re- you know, building us back up. And I say, hey, man, I need these couple repairs done. And this guy decides to really start talking off the hinges. And so I said, think about that amount of stress. We're like, now we're rebuilding. We have an opportunity. Exactly. We moved our stuff in. 
and he's telling me what he is or isn't going to do. Bad idea. Oh, I said, listen, no, I'm coming to get my money. <laughs> and Shalisa was talking about, I'm going to ride with you. I'm going to ride with you. I'm going to ride with you. And uh, so I get up there, and where I had tendered, you know, all the formal documents and everything, he wanted to give me a check. I'm like, oh, no, I'm coming to get this cash, you know. Oh, I, need a tra- I need to be able to transact immediately oh, because your character does not demonstrate somebody who should be able to write me a check and then expect for me to have faith in this because the only thing I'm asking is for you to make a few repairs and I've already given you everything on my end. Mm-hmm. So my lovely wife uh, knows. I think God gave her this superpower to be able to, like, uh, I don't know. It's like the the Incredible Hulk runs into what's the young lady's name on the Incredible Hulk? Oh, I can't think of her name. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, whenever she touched the Hulk, it seemed like he, he all the anger just left. Right. But yeah, so uh, we were able to come through that. We overcame that situation, and like now God just has us in a position where we're in divine acceleration. He's you know, granting us different opportunities to make an impact for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything is, kids are growing up. In a matter of five or six years, we'll be empty nesters. Uh, that's huge to think about. Both of our children are on honor roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're blessed with great jobs. We have an awesome pastor uh, who continues to speak that word of life to us. God is using us in ministry as well to help support that vision. And, um, man, like God is just off the hook. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And so for me to be able to share my life with you mm-hmm. is I count it as an honor um, because I realized that although you did, you know, we did stand before the Lord and people we love and make that commitment mm-hmm. to be married is an everyday choice. It sure is. And so I thank God for you being here. And, uh, hey, you know, until 120, we rocking this thing out. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. You see that? I'm not the only corny one. She gave me a high five. Y'all saw that? (laughs) All right. So as we close out, um, hopefully uh, something that we said today ministered to you in some way to hear about our family, um, our ministry, uh, what we do in our community and our careers. And I just encourage you with this, that your future is not behind you. It's not before you. It is within you. We want you to come out. Excuse me. June 22nd to the Drawing Board Experience. Make sure you come out June 22nd to the Drawing Board Experience. We have Lisa Angel Smith, Randy Rosario, Eric Thomas, Ashley Chesney, Harlan J. Bivens, Theopolis Smith III, better known as Fresh Laundry or That Laundry, Fresh Laundry. And then we also have added Shane McCollum, who's coming out and Shane Fitness 101. He's going to light up the stage. Our daughter is opening it with the violin piece. My son is going to help to expedite that day. Our son is going to help to expedite that day. It's going to be an awesome experience. We've already donated and given out about 50 tickets to deserving youth, and we can't wait to see you there. If you need tickets, you can go on Eventbrite. If you're in the Detroit metro area, you can contact me today, 313-663-8772 or info at ebronassociates.com. Again, your future is not behind you. It is not before you. It is within you. I'm Andre Ebron. God bless you.